So it took us what? Almost two years? Almost two years to record another podcast, including the, the time we tried to record another episode that we can never use. <laughs> Turns out when you use people's names sometimes, that's when they decide to email you and say, you know what? We'd like you never to use our names yeah, again. Exactly. You know, My legs are finally healed from being broken, so here we are recording another episode. Yes. Film Festival Secrets, the podcast. Episode 9, take 2. Yes. Uh, my name is Chris Holland. And I'm Jesse Trussell. And we are back to talk about all things film festival. Mm -hmm. uh, we have retained all of our fingers and toes as yes. we did not go to Sundance yes. this year. Yes, we did not freeze ourselves off at Sundance. We, I, I, I hear the shuttles were as lovely as ever. Yeah, um, I, I hear the snow was <laughs> like... I was actually not all that upset about my going to yeah. Sundance this Yeah, year. the photos from Twitter were just show, showing like real like frozen hellscape. <laughs> Yes, especially since we'll get to see all the best stuff in yes. the spring and through awesome. the summer at, you know, nice air-conditioned theaters. It's, it's funny, with uh, with Sundance titles, I always think about something like, say, Beasts of the Southern Wild, which got a ton of acclaim and, and uh, stuff out of, out of Sundance, and I always think, I wonder if I'll see this during the backlash, or I'll see this during the backlash to the backlash. <laughs> will, it, will it be the, the tired thing from Sundance that everybody loved and now everybody hates? Or right. yeah. yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, and you know, it's... Sundance is a, a, an interesting festival, one that is, is definitely a lot of fun to go to, despite uh, a lot of its hassles, but avoiding the snow sometimes is not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, we are here in your lovely office. Yes. At, at the, the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. That's right. Uh, in, in the interim, Jesse got himself a job at the Paramount Theater. Showing movies, yeah. which is not a bad thing to do. It's a lot of fun. I do, do repertory programming here, and I'm also involved with still several festivals around the country and everything like that. But uh, repertory programming is a is a fun gig. I will tell you that it's the least stressful programming I've ever done. There's uh, a lot less staying up 18 hours when you're just waiting for Warner Brothers to return your email. Yeah. So if you hear background noise, that's just the lovely people of the Paramount doing their jobs, yes. working hard for you people in Good Austin people. Good people. who are listening to this. Uh you were telling me earlier about sort of the the death of thirty five millimeter. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting thing to monitor with the the sort of repertory programming job I'm doing right now. That a lot of the different sort of studios are either closing down their archives or making thirty five millimeter prints less available to different people, or limiting the number of houses that they can go into. And it just really is it's you know it's a correlate to what else is going on with first-run distribution. And uh, I Roger Ebert had a, a thing on his blog a few months back now that was about um, how Fox had sent out an email to, or a, a memo effectively to all their theaters saying that in the next 24 months, they were no longer going to be producing 35-millimeter prints of about any of their first-run titles. So, you know, we're, we're at this point where, I mean, the, the long-heralded death of 35-millimeter really is kind of upon us. And I, I will say, you know, I, as a, as a repertory programmer and someone who loves classic cinema and seeing these things the way they were, were originally shot, it's, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely sad for me. Um, you know, the Julia Marchese at the uh, New Beverly Cinema in L.A. has started a petition, um, the sort of, you know, save 35mm petition, and that's, uh, that's something I really support. I don't know exactly, you know, how much traction it can get, but really what people were talking about is we don't want to, you know, we're not saying that the... the Industry needs to re-embrace 35 millimeter. Like the, you know, the the horse is out of the barn on that one. Um, but at this point, just keeping the doors open, having a couple people that can uh, you know help to just 
you know, give the prints to DHL so we can show them would still be uh, pretty great. And so if anybody's interested in signing that petition, I think we'll have a, a link to that in the show notes. Um, it's, yes. a, it's, it's, a, it's a worthwhile cause, because 35 milliliters is still a, a beautiful thing to see. Yes, and the show notes you will be able to find at uh, filmfestivalsecrets.com and then uh, click on the tag for podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to be honest. Uh, though I enjoy watching the 35mm, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who views it as magic. Like it, like, it doesn't hold that sort of romantic notion for me. The, the best screening I ever saw ever was District 9 at the um, the Egyptian. Was it the Egyptian? No, it was the Chinese. The Chinese, and it was, you know, full, like, 18 million DLP projection. And it was just like, okay, I mean... And, you know, we're actually here at the, at the Paramount. We're installing a digital cinema in our sort of smaller screen, the, the stateside theater as well. And it's, I'm, you know, I think digital cinema is a really beautiful thing. I just, all I'm asking for is kind of, you know, all we really want is the ability to still have 35 millimeter out there. It's, you know, the idea that just because we have digital photography, you know, 35 millimeter is still an interesting thing and not making it go away forever. Um, Maybe we'll, it'll it'll become like a hipster thing, like the vinyl resurgence or something like that. Yeah. Well, to bring this back around to uh, film festivals, um, there was a time when, particularly for short films, um, outputting to a 35 millimeter print would have been an Mm -hmm. advisable thing to do. I think we're we're past that. Oh yeah, I mean we're, we're you're getting to a point where there's not going to be many cinemas in the country with 35 millimeter projectors, let alone festivals that are frequently building their own, you know, venues out of places and and screening you know very high quality DCPs or Blu-ray or HD cam tapes. Yeah. There's it, it's definitely to a point now where you know if if you want you your 35 millimeter print of your short film and you've got all the money in the world, you know. Be you know, be glad to have it, but you're probably never going to be distrib- you're showing it to that many audiences. Yeah, the the thinking was that if you had your film available on 35 millimeter, you had a better shot at playing at a better theater. Right, right. Like you weren't playing on a rented beta deck; right. you were playing on an installed 35 millimeter projector in a nice theater. And uh, I know the Austin Film Festival used to have at least one program of shorts that were just mm-hmm. on 35 millimeter that got shown at the one venue they had that actually could do that. Definitely. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a thing in, in three years. I think that'll be Definitely. done. And I also, I mean, there's just a, it's a correlate of the fact that, you know, maybe a few years ago, the better features were on 35 millimeter or some, or at least the higher end features were on 35 millimeter. But now high end premieres at all the festivals in the country are being shown on DCPs and HD cams. So having that 35 millimeter print is, is not like it's getting you associated with somehow a higher end production because the high end stuff is DCP. Yeah. Without a box. Without a box. Without a box. That, that place where you can submit your films to all the festivals mm-hmm. in the world, uh, shut down its message boards. It's an interesting thing. You know, the without a box message boards were, um, uh, they, they held a, a sort of unique and a place in, in the film festival world as it was uh, one of the few places where a lot of people from all different walks of the filmmaking strata could gather to discuss film, film festivals, films, you know, stuff like that. There's not exactly a community like that out there. There are lots of message boards. I mean, God, the, the concept of a message board in and of itself is such, <laughs> such an artifact right, right, of, right. of a bygone age. Uh, you know, of five years ago, pre-Facebook, mm-hmm. pre-Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
there are plenty of places you can go and discuss filmmaking right. and film production and even to some extent film financing. But the idea of a place where you go to discuss film festivals is really, you know, particularly in the excruciating detail that, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, you know, uh, the sub forum for the waiting game, what to do when you're waiting, you know, right. there were places to go bitch about festivals that had done you wrong. Right. I mean, right. it's just like, it was a great archive of questions that get asked over and over again and Absolutely. get answered, you know, by people who have actually been there. So it's, I mean, I understand why they've shut it down. They, they got, you know, let their, their moderator go some years ago mm-hmm. and there was nobody, you know, sort of keeping it on topic a little bit. I mean, yeah, nobody keeping it from devolving into Lord of the Flies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, right. And, uh, so it was really, really not as active as it had been in previous years. And, and it's, it's too bad they couldn't preserve what was there and just lock mm-hmm. it down and make it searchable. But yeah, that, that's true. Because I mean, there's definitely obviously with Twitter and other outlets, there's ways to sort of get some of these questions answered, but just that quick and direct, you know, even from the level of I've, there's a festival that I've, I've just read about. I want to go see, is it, you know, a legitimate festival or is it kind of a fly by night thing? These questions were sometimes answered on there and you could find that information much more quickly, at least. It was centralized. Yeah, exactly. Now that info may be out there, but it's on somebody's personal blog or Mm. it's on Twitter and 140 characters and, you know, you can't search. What's right. How many days is before somebody falls off Twitter? It's like eight to 10. Really fast. Yeah. There's not a big back catalog there. Yeah. Anyway, so... Rest in peace. Um, if anyone out there knows of another place that has a vibrant forum for talking about film festivals, we'd love to know about it. Um, might even participate in it. Yeah. But uh, let us know. Stop by filmfestivalsecrets.com and uh, click on contact to uh, shoot us an email. So we're here in that, that uh, time period between Sundance and South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, those people who didn't get into Sundance are sort of looking at their, you know, uh, the year What's ahead and, mm-hmm. and what they might likely get into. Um, if you're submitting now, uh, you probably need to be looking at festivals in September or later. Yeah. I submit. mean, there's definitely just that, the, the, the nature of, uh, you know, I guess it's how a lot of different things work in, in America, but there's just not a lot of summer festivals for you to really consider. So if, and if you're looking at spring festivals, many of them have already had their deadlines long past. I mean, the South by deadline was weeks ago now. Um, and so you're, you're looking at that fall, like the post Toronto film festival cycle. Yeah. Well, especially if you want to avoid, you know, crazy, uh, late fees, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure Seattle, Seattle mm-hmm. didn't take place in late May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure their call for entries is still open, but at this LA point might be, yeah, LA probably is, but you know, you're looking at much higher submissions fees, um, and apart from that, you're also looking at much less attention being given to your film from the people who are making the decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, early on in the process, the people who are making decisions are often, even at a big festival, are often the people who are actually opening the mail. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's before they get all their interns and volunteers online, and you know, they're kind of bored. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's, it's, you know, it's, you've got all the time you're excited about the season being open again. You can watch a bunch of films uh, immediately. And uh, yeah, as you get closer into the time when festivals are going to announce, they've seen a lot of things. They're still watching stuff all the way through the end, but you're starting to think of it in terms of, is this better than what you've already seen versus just the open slate of, of the beginning of the process. So the way I like to describe it is it's a, 
think of a shelf and the shelf starts out empty. And as festival programmers find things that they like to put on the mm -hmm. shelf, um, it's a lot easier to get on that shelf early on in the game. Whereas later on, once the shelf is full, you know, it's not just about, is this film good enough to play, but is this film good enough to play and knock someone else off of the full right. shelf? Yeah. I and mean, it's just human nature. You're going to, as you see things, you start to fall in love with them and then they become things that are going to stick around in your mind. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like cutting scenes out of a film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's, uh, that's 12 minutes of good stuff. Yeah. I think that's where we're going to leave. Awesome. It. I think people like the short podcasts. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody, I don't want to listen to myself for more than 12 minutes. That's plenty yeah. of me. All right. Well, we will be back maybe not next week, but probably the week after that. And mm -hmm. uh, we're going to try and do this a little more regularly from now Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Uh, visit filmfestivalsecrets.com if you're in Austin or even if you're not in Austin check out the, the Paramount Theater and uh, it's little brother sister the, yeah. the state side sibling right um, Jesse's on Twitter as J.R. Trussell mm -hmm. two, two S's, S's and two, two L's, L's. Uh, I'm on Twitter as FF Secrets and thanks for listening thanks so much <laughs>